Hey, Wiz Kids, coming up on Off the Bench, Zach Rosen, our man on the road. He'll be getting an interview with Bobby Portis, talking about how he's assimilating himself to the new team. Chris Gehring and Zach are going to be on the road in Charlotte for the All-Star Game, so we'll also talk a little bit about that and this road trip that the Wizards are on before the All-Star break. Coming up on Off the Bench, starting now. What's up, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamal K. Davis here with Chris Gehring and Ryan Dizier as we're talking to Washington Wizards as we are counting down to the All-Star break, a, a week of... No games, which is seems like it, we always act like it's the midway point, but it's not nearly the midway point. Um, it's like two-thirds of the season's already gone. Um, and a new thing this year is a trade deadline happened before the All-Star break, but normally we're coming back and trying to figure out what's going to happen. We have new players, Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, on this team who have played well out of Chicago. Went up to Chicago and beat them in a back-to-back game, playing against Otto Porter. Uh, which was quite amazing, but also beating Cleveland at home. Um, so to win two games in a row, back-to-back games, is just pretty amazing. And then we also added Wesley Johnson as well. Uh, guys, just how do you think the new players, we lost to Detroit last night, but just how are the new players fitting in in your minds? I think I think it's gone really well. I think the thing that we noticed when they arrived here, all three of them, was that they were really excited to join this team. They know that they know what Bradley Beal is capable of. Tomas Sadaransky, who is is out for the, was out in Detroit, will be out in Toronto for personal reasons. But they they I think they understand that there's still a lot to be done with this team. I think they know that the leaders of this team expect to make the playoffs and make that run. I think that's exciting for all of them. And obviously, they're coming from situations where they now know that they have a really good opportunity to prove themselves. Obviously, the Wizards are going to have some space to sign people next season. Uh, guys like Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker are in the last year of their deals. They understand that. Wesley Johnson is the same thing. And so they all bring, I think, a, a unique set of skills. Bobby Portis can play four and five. He mentioned when he got here that he can. He feels confident that he can guard both of those positions. Mm-hmm. He can stretch the floor, and we saw that in the first game. He just got red hot against the Cavs from three-point land, and it was really impressive to see. And then Jabari Parker a guy who can really attack the basket. He's an excellent passer. He really has a good feel for the game. And Huge the, dunk against his former yeah, team. Yeah, yeah he's got highlight. a ton of bounce. And I think that that, um, you know, he's been on and off the floor for really his entire career so far. And, you know, he's he's really young still, so hopefully there's a lot left for him. I, th- I know that he thinks that way. And, um, you know, a guy who's had some injury issues, things like that. But for Parker, um, the way that he can facilitate – we can talk a little bit about that when we get to talking about briefly the Detroit game, how being without Tomas Sadaransky, Coach Brooks talked about how the addition of Parker kind of helps because he's not a point guard per se, but he can mm-hmm. handle the ball. He is a good passer. So I think they've all kind of found their way a little bit. It's obviously early, and, and they have some growth to do with this team. I know that there's not a ton of time, but I think that initially they fit in really well. They're all good guys, and I think they're going to fit with the locker room really well even though the locker room has kind of just been – there's been a lot of change this season. But mm-hmm. I think that they're, they're going to fit in really well. Uh, they went to Chicago and got a good win. So going forward, we'll see. Obviously, the Bulls and the Cavs are not two of the best teams in the NBA. Um, they're games that the Wizards know they should have won. But they did take care of business, and we, we have watched them 
struggle and kind of play to the level of their competition sometimes this season and in past seasons. So to see them get those two wins was important, and I think that from there the the new guys can really grow into this team. And I, and I think that the all-star break, too, will um, kind of help them because you know having your life uprooted is hard, and getting a few days on the all-star break should be should be helpful for them. Yeah, and when the trade went down and people were kind of looking at what these guys bring to the table, I think it was important for people to remember that these are vets. These are established guys. They're not people in the league who are kind of still finding their footing. Granted, all three of them still have room to grow and can can reach their ceilings here. But, I mean, the impact was kind of immediate. Bobby Portis dropped 30 in his first game, and then Jabari Parker dropped 20 on the Bulls, and Bobby dropped 24 against the Pistons. So they're already making an impact, and I think – Bobby Portis said it best himself post game after the home win over the Cavs when he said, you know, both Jabari and I were, were too versatile big, so we can do a lot on the floor. And I think people forget, I know I certainly forget, that Bobby Portis is 6'11. He's a huge yeah. guy. So having that versatility on offense, you can play multiple positions, but also on defense, just helping with switching is enormous. And like Chris alluded to, Jabari Parker. Of course, he has great dunks, and he's he's a fun offensive player to watch. But we've seen him in, you know, obviously it's a small sample size, but in the three games that he's played so far, we've seen him make an impact on the defensive side of the ball. He had two really huge blocks against the Bulls. We've seen him as a facilitator just doing a little bit of everything and, you know, kind of showcasing what his versatile skill set is. And even a guy like Wes Johnson, who wasn't playing all that much in New Orleans, you know, it just wasn't probably the best situation, but he's made an impact. He's had a couple of four-point plays for us, I think three actually. He's He's been playing well too in the minutes that he's getting. And another kind of lengthy, rangy wing who can do a lot. And, you know, it's going to take some time to gel. It happens with every team, regardless of who's being brought in and who's leaving. It, it, it takes time to gel. But like Chris said, again, having this all-star break for them to kind of get get their bearings in a new city, I think is going to be huge and will give them an opportunity to hit the ground running coming back from all-star. They lost the last game, uh, 121-112, last night to Detroit as we are recording this. Uh, what did you see from a loss that really – I mean, I know you want to say the honeymoon phase is over, as you guys mentioned. It's going to take some time, but this was this was the first time where whatever kind of energy they had coming here, it just didn't lead to a win. Yeah, it's kind of normal. I think when you get new players, there's like this period where they're fired up, they play well, and then there's always going to be a loss that ends that, right? I mean, nobody gets traded and then wins the rest of their games with the new team. So th- that was that in Detroit. And so I think... It was kind of a weird matchup for the Wizards on the night. They didn't have Thomas Sadaransky, as we mentioned. He's going to miss the next couple game with games with personal reasons. Um, so not having him, having to rotate, chasing into the starting lineup, and that kind of switches up. 20 I'm points. Sure. Yeah. yeah. First start. Yeah. So I think that he um, – I think that not having Tomas kind of shifted everything down and kind of probably changed Coach Brooks's rotation a little bit. But with that said, the focus against Detroit when you were going up against guys like Drummond and Blake Griffin is is winning in the paint. And mm-hmm. I think quite simply, the Wizards just didn't do that. Yeah. Um, Blake and, and, and Andre Drummond had two really great nights. And you look at kind of like how things broke down. The Wizards shot the ball well. They shot 50%. Um, they, there wasn't a huge discrepancy. There was, like, one more three-pointer by the Pistons. It wasn't a huge discrepancy in free throws, although the Pistons did make more. Um, so, And they made all eight of their free throws in the fourth quarter. So 
credit to the Pistons, they did a good job and they took care of business. I know that they've they've been susceptible to giving up some leads. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had some switch ups as well. By the way, losing Stanley Johnson, um, adding Wayne Ellington, so they have they've got some uh, rotation changes themselves. But I think on the night it was just that it was just that Drummond and Griffin were just too much to handle. I think that that's an area where Thomas Bryant knows that he kind of has to grow if he's going to be a center, a big man in this league, because there, while teams do play small, there are, there are still teams and the Pistons are one of them. You look at some of the other top teams, Joel Embiid, there are, there are teams with bigs that are game breakers that are game changers. And the Pistons kind of exploited that on the night. I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that it was, um, I don't want to say like par for the course, but we, we have seen that this year where when the Wizards face these teams with elite bigs or very good all-star caliber bigs, um, it, it, it's tougher for the Wizards to you know keep them out of the paint and kind of get things done there. And for Thomas Bryant, it's going to be something where he will – I mean, it's, it's great for him to get a chance to go up against these kind of players and learn what to do the next time. And mm-hmm. it is certainly going to be a beneficial learning experience, but – um, it, it's it's definitely tougher sledding for the Wizards, but I do think that by adding Bobby Portis, Wes Johnson, and Jabari Parker, the Wizards have a really, not unique, but a, a very good depth of players in the sense that all of them can shoot threes. And I'm just thinking about this now. It's like when you face these teams who are going to shoot a lot of threes, having that, that collection of players who can all do it as well um certainly beneficial for the team i mean look at the starting five all those guys can can are comfortable shooting three which is huge yeah and i think i think that you know you look at like brad beal's game last night in detroit he still was really effective scored whatever i think was what 31 points 10 assists something like that so his game has just kind of really been at the same level which is and it's kind of incredible to be honest because he's playing at an incredibly high level and I know that when you, especially when you're missing another guy like Tomas, another guy who's a ball handler, is going to get some usage, that naturally Brad's stats are going to elevate, his usage is going to elevate. That definitely happened in Detroit. But I think that the way that he's been able to consistently play, the Wizards fell down a little bit and, and fought and continued to fight. They made a push in that fourth quarter um, with, with Bobby Portis kind of at the helm of that as well. He got hot and made some shots. Brad made shots kind of push the Pistons and so I know that that there are going to be games where it's just going to be tough for the Wizards and I think last night was one of those it was just kind of a weird matchup it was weird not having Tomas Sadaransky who also by the way is a good shooter yep and can and can hit some threes and maybe could have made a little bit of a difference in a game where there were just moments where they needed to make a little bit bigger of a push and just couldn't get the shots to go down and when the Wizard or when the Pistons excuse me are getting easy buckets in the paint it just kind of makes it hard to kind of sustain that run. I think that's what happened, but we'll see. Going forward, Toronto's a really hard team to play. Obviously, they don't have yeah. Fred Van Vliet right now, and I don't I don't know when they're getting Jeremy Lin, if that's even official yet, but there have been reports that they're going to be signing Jeremy Lin once he's bought out. We'll see how that how that goes. But Even though it was a loss, one of the best games of the year oh, yeah. was that double overtime yeah. against Toronto. Yeah. When, when Beal played... Like, I think he has to play in order for 
the Wizards to have any success this season, which is very, to me, Harden-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to play like James Harden on mm-hmm. this team every single night in order for us to start an upward track to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And tomorrow is that kind of a game that you're going to need out of him going up against not just Toronto, but a new look Toronto and Marcus All. Yeah, it's a good point. He's going to have to handle the ball a lot. Obviously, we said Tomas will probably not be with the team, so. Brad's going to have to handle the ball. He's going to have to score. He's going to have to facilitate. He's going to have to do a lot. And obviously, James Harden is the best in the league at that, of mm-hmm. being kind of that one-man show and kind of conducting the orchestra while it's like it's like he conducts the orchestra while playing the instruments, too. <laughs> um, Brad's going to kind of have to do that. And so we're going to have to see how the Wizards react. But it's, it's going to take everybody stepping up into their role and for the new guys, we know that Bobby Portis can do that. We know that Jabari Parker can do that. They have moments where they can really take people on, whether it's one-on-one, finding themselves in good spots. I mean, I've been impressed that that Bobby Portis especially kind of stepping into this offense and being able to find open pockets where he's been able to find open shots mm-hmm. pretty easily. His range helps him, certainly, when he's got other bigs guarding him, but I think I think that's a really good sign, and I, and I know that Brad Beal and, and Jabari, obviously, has played with him before, another good passer and playmaker. I think that we'll con- continue to see that chemistry build, and I'm interested to see how it goes in Toronto. Obviously, the Raptors are incredibly good. They got better, for sure. I don't think there's any denying that with the addition of Marc Gasol. So it's a tough environment to play in, but it's a place where Brad's won before. It's a place that Brad has won without John Wall before, specifically. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see going to be a fun game and something to look forward to but it's certainly a tall test yeah and it's also going to be just an indicator of for the new guys and just the the new makeup of the team is i mean if you make the playoffs you're probably going to be seeing a toronto a philly a milwaukee in the playoffs so it's going to be a good kind of barometer of where this team is and how much more work they need to do because they're able to go in and go hit for hit with a team like the raptors in toronto that's certainly a good sign and i i know a lot of the guys don't like to talk about moral victories, but that would certainly be one moving forward going into All-Star break with the knowledge of we just went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the East. So I, I think it, it's a very important game, and obviously on paper it may not seem like that is to kind of uh, someone just looking on, but I think it could really kind of almost be a galvanizing game, just like that Toronto game was the mm-hmm. earlier in the year, the double overtime one right before the London trip. That certainly, you know, helped propel the team to a, a, a run of a few victories, and I think we could be looking at the same thing tomorrow night. Yeah, I remember, I remember. I think it was two seasons ago now, but the Wizards were, they were down John Wall. I think it was the season that the Wizards got two wins without John in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I remember after after the game it was it was you know there's always a good atmosphere in toronto and obviously the raptors have been good for a long time now and i remember asking brad after the game i remember saying is this a is this a measuring stick as like a playoff atmosphere type of game um that kind of goes down to the wire where little things and little possessions matter and i remember him saying you know quite honestly yes and they they treat these games like that and i know that the wizards were in a little bit of a different position in the standings at that time in that season they weren't quite facing as big of an uphill battle as they face now, but it's the, it's a similar thing, and simulating those environments as much as you can, it's hard in the regular season. The playoffs are a totally different game, but I think getting to simulate that, certainly being without Fred Van Vliet, the, the Raptors' rotation is going to shrink a little bit. The Wizards' rotation is, is certainly shrunk. I mean, yeah. they, they, 
they're kind of down to it and up against it. So I think it'll be a good measuring stick. We'll we will have to see what comes out of it and what Brad and Coach Brooks think afterwards and how how the game plays out. But it's certainly one of those opportunities where you can guarantee that they'll be locked in and, and fully understand all of the things that they can take from a game like this, particularly if they play well. And, you know, the rest is kind of to be seen. All right, coming up on Off the Bench, uh, Zach Rosen, our man on the live road. Live from the road. Live from the road is going to sit down with one of your newest Washington Wizards, Bobby Portis on the other side of the break. And then after that, we'll talk a little bit more All-Star before Chris and Zach head down to Charlotte. Stay tuned. Uh, we're here with Bobby Portis in Toronto, BP. Uh, you've had three big games since coming over here. You had your your 30-piece uh, against Cleveland. You went home to Chicago, got the dub with the double-double. Last night you tied a career high with six threes. What's been good about this situation so far for you, um, and, and what are you making the most of so far? Um, just more opportunity to play on the court. Uh, I think in Chicago, I was normally play about 20 to 24 minutes. Um, since coming over here, um, I'll be playing what 27 to 31 minutes a night, and um, you know that's more opportunity on the court for me. Um, I'm getting extended run on the court to show what I can do, and then just having the just having like good teammates around like Brad and you know Trevor Ariza, who are who are good pros. That you know they have the most confidence in me as well. Go out there and do what I do. And since coming over here, like. What kind of which guys have you gravitated towards? I mean, you know Jabari, obviously. I know that you know Sam, um, but what, what's it been like meshing with these guys? Um, it's great, man. You know, I've since I got into the league the last two years, I've been on I've been on the youngest team in the league, and you know we had to we had to learn it out our way. We had to like figure it out ourselves. So with this team, you know they have you know savvy veterans who've been to the playoffs multiple years. Um, you know the organization's been to the playoffs five out of six. Of five out of the six years of the last year or so, you know, they have guys that's been through the wars. And I think that's helped me to utmost because, you know, they they know how to win, they know how to play the right way, and they want to win. I know that you've talked a lot about your situation in Chicago lately, especially since we were just there. But, I mean, moving on from that, like, what do you want to make out of the rest of this time? Um, just go out there, give them my all, um, learn each and every day be who I am, you know, get better each and every day and, you know, try to make that playoff push. So the first thing that, you know, I talked to Ernie and Tommy about on the phone was that, you know, they want to make the playoffs. You know, they've been to the playoffs five or six last years. And uh, I'm just trying to do my thing, go out there and help and help, and help in any way I can. Sorry about that. Team security, Flav Best just dunked it and, and the crowd went wild. But uh, I guess for you also, Bobby, uh, it's your first time on the podcast. I know that we're not in. Usually we have like a whole uh, setup and stuff, and it's different. But uh, what? Just tell us a little bit more about you. I know you're from Arkansas, and, and that's that's kind of like embodies a lot of who you are. Yeah, uh, you know I'm a big family guy. Uh, love my family. I got three little brothers. My mom, um, you know, girlfriend. I have a cousin, cousin slash best friend who stays with me. So um, I'm a big time family guy. I love keeping my family around. Uh, I do everything for them I can possible. And, you know, I'm a guy that just works as hard as he can each and every day. Uh, you know, I go to the gym, you know, twice a day. I'm just a big-time big pro. Love to get better each and every day and, you know, go out there give it my all. Um, on the court, you know, I'm a guy that plays with a ton of passion, a ton of energy, a ton of, um, ton of passion, like I said, and go out there and just every day just give it my all. Uh, you know, that's me on the court and off the court, like I said, family guy. 
They're playing you a lot at the five here. Uh, was that something that you played in Chicago, and, and how are you liking it so far? Um, yeah, um, you know, when Wendell got injured, um, the coach slid me to the five in the second unit. Um, normally it was um, Lowry and Wendell in the first unit, and it was me and Rolo in the second unit, Robin Lopez. Um, but when he got hurt, um, coach asked me to, you know, assume that role uh, just because I had big-time energy. Um, I can play both positions, and, you know, the guys really trusted me at that position. So uh, I've been playing a lot of five here as well. Um, I'm comfortable in it. I just want to be on the floor. Um, I feel like you can put me in, you know, just put me on the floor with anybody, and I can go out there and figure it out. Last one, uh, you obviously know Jabari. I know you. it's just been this season with him, but has it been exciting for you to just see the way that he blossomed, especially in those first two games after, you know, getting such inconsistent playing time in Chicago? Yeah, uh, you know, with Jabari, you know, he's a big-time worker. Uh, he's a big-time confident guy. You know, um, it's kind of crazy that a guy can, you know, go from – not playing to come into the lineup and go get you 20. So uh, I think that's a that's a unique talent. That's a unique skill of his. And uh, you know, he's one of my good friends. You know, me and Jabari have gotten closer over this year just by being on the team, going through the ups and downs with each other. Uh, you know, me going through my injuries, me talking to him about you know when he got injured, he, him helping me get through it. So um, you know, we worked through and through hard together this year, and um, he's become one of my good friends. Like I said. I lied. I have one more question. Your all-star break plans obviously changed. Are you going back to Chicago to get some stuff to D.C., or what do you got a plan? Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to Chicago uh, early Thursday morning. Um, I'm going to stay the whole day there, try to get a lot of things uh, together. Um, try to, I'm going to, like, pack one of my cars up with a lot of clothes and just ship my car off like that, and then just keep my house there for the rest of the season. And uh, um, on Friday, I, I'm getting my high school jersey retired. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I think that would be a cool, neat experiment, and uh, uh, I'm really excited for that. All right, cool. Well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, Zach Rosen from Toronto with Bobby Portis, BP. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good conversation with one of our newest Washington Wizards as we get ready for the All-Star break. One more game against Toronto, but let's focus on Bradley Beal going into the All-Star game. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun down there because I feel like the first one, he's probably nervous trying to figure out what it's going to be like now. He gets to relax a little bit. Uh, Chris, I imagine you're going to enjoy seeing him you know, just kind of taking it all in. This is his second time in a row. Yeah, I know that, first of all, it's a huge accomplishment for him, like we've said, and congratulations to him again. It's it's something that when you really look at it and think about the scope of the NBA, 24 guys get to be all-stars. Yeah. And there are a lot of players in the NBA. And so I know that Brad understands kind of the, um, the gravity of it. Making a second straight means that he's kind of reached a – he's reached a plateau – not a plateau, hopefully, but he's reached a um, – yeah. It's a different status yeah, where he's now he's like, a I'm a two-time. Yep. It wasn't one time. It's yeah. like, maybe I got lucky that year and had a phenomenal year. Now it's like, no, you are an all-star. Yeah, he's reached a level where I think that he has the respect of his his fellow players in the league. Certainly has the respect of coaches. That's why he's there. Mm -hmm. So I know that, that last year in L.A., and obviously Los Angeles and Charlotte are different <laughs> cities. No offense to Charlotte. Yes. Charlotte's a great city. I lived there for an internship, and I loved it, so I'm excited to go back. But um, – I know that shout out to cookout this time. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we will definitely be hitting up some cookout. But I know that he did a lot. And when you're a first time all star, you have a lot of appearances. You get volunteered to do a lot of things. And I know that it was kind of it was hectic. And when you throw being a first time all star into being a first time all star when the game is in Los Angeles, 
you have a lot of things going on. There's mm-hmm. logistics, there's traffic, there's all that kind of stuff. So I know that this one will be a little bit more low-key, even though obviously all, all of All-Star is a spotlight. And so, but I think that Brad is, I think that he'll be more ready for it this year. I think he'll kind of pick his spots, but there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on on All-Star weekend. There's um, day of service. There's obviously media day where we get to talk to Brad for a little while. Um, practice is always kind of fun. It's it's obviously not really a practice, but it's it's kind of wild to see all of the star power in the NBA on one yeah. floor at the same time where you're just kind of standing there and watching them kind of just interact and shoot around and engage with fans. So, And then obviously all of the fun stuff, the celebrity game, which I think Brad will, will attend or be on TV, so check that out. I think he's at least going to get um, interviewed or join the telecast. We'll see about that. But um, he will... You know, you can see the celebrity game. There's the Rising Stars game. All the stuff on Saturday night. He gets Saturday to see night. Jason Tatum again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. His guy, <laughs> Jason Tatum, will be there. So uh, I know that his family will be there, which I know is exciting, and I, I think he'll get some time finally to kind of hang as well. So that's good for him too because this is a break, mm-hmm. and obviously next week there are some days off where I'm sure that he and, and our players will get away a little bit. But um, yeah, the game itself is fun. I think the draft had added another element this year. Did you like the it draft? Was really, I was going to go. It was good. Yeah, it was yeah. really. It well was great, done. and I think they'll keep. I think they'll keep like refining it, making it a little bit better, taking notes. They certainly did from last year to this year, so that's cool. Getting to see some of the stuff televised. Obviously, it was really funny that like two weeks ago, Brad said that he didn't care if he got picked last, and then we had that soundbite. Yeah, yeah. when he actually was. Um, so. I don't know if he's going to take that as like a chip on his shoulder <laughs> or if he's just going to, you know, go out there and, you know, win the MVP, but it's um it's a fun weekend. There's a lot going on. The players get involved in the community, like I said, the like, day of service, which is a cool event. It's cool to see them kind of go out and see people and obviously it's awesome when we get to do it in DC, but it's also kind of cool when you know, all of like Team LeBron or all of Team Giannis is in a in a place doing something in the community. And then all the other stuff. We'll see the dunk contest. We'll see the three-point contest. I have loved that stuff since I was a kid. Yeah. And so it's fun to go see it and, and be there. And I know that for the players, it is it is an obligation. But mm-hmm. it, I know that they also have a lot of fun with it. And it's, um, yeah, it's quite the event. And I'm sure that Charlotte's going to be a great city to have it in, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how Brad does in the All-Star game. I know last year he played well, but now having mm-hmm. that little extra boost. Um, and, I mean, if we really want to just break it down and look at it from just like a merit perspective, he shouldn't be – should not have been chosen last, but it's neither here nor <laughs> there. Um, he's having an unbelievable season. So, And, you know, he's, he's going to have an opportunity in that game to shoot some threes, and hopefully people will realize um, just how good he is, as we all know. But, no, the, the whole uh, weekend is great. I know I was there last year with um, the enemy with a different team, but just seeing everything <laughs> the and how, it all, uh, <laughs> how it all works is really cool. And just, you know, people come in droves to see All-Star Weekend. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an event, and mm-hmm. um, seeing it, is in person is is such a different experience and just kind of uh, in regard to the draft i i hope they do it live next Li- year, i want to see it live live i think they would have to probably extend all-star weekend because i know what they did for the pro bowl a couple of years ago was they did it in hawaii when everyone was there so they would have yeah. to do it on like thursday night well, that, well that's what i would well, right that's what why the NHL do it thursday too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it do would it be thursday. awesome yeah um because i mean i thought it was super well done and lebron and Giannis had such a funny kind of 
dynamic between the two and the, the trade. Yeah, the analysts the were. Uh, <laughs> they, it, it was really, really well done. So, uh, credit to the NBA for for getting that right, and hopefully we can see it expanded upon down the road because it was uh, it was great entertainment. Yeah, because All Star games, you know, they vary obviously like. Major League Baseball tried to really make it worth something with Mm -hmm. having home field advantage on the line, and then it really turned into kind of a strategic game, which on on one hand is cool. On the other hand, it's not really an exhibition and it's not really fun. So it's like it's it's hard, and then not everybody gets to play because it's like you're really trying to win. So I think the NBA has reached kind of a good medium. I think the NHL has too, by the way, yeah. of getting this this draft thing is just hysterical. And I think that everybody has fun with it. So as long as everybody keeps having fun with it, nobody gets like offended or anything like that. Um, it's really cool. And just while we're here, Brad is back on Team LeBron. He was on Team LeBron last season. The starters for Team LeBron are obviously LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. And then... The bench for them is Brad, Carl Anthony Towns, Lamarcus Aldridge, Ben Simmons, Lillard, Thompson, AD, and Dwayne Wade, who's on the team, obviously, because this is yeah. the one last dance thing, which, by the way, I think is cool. Yeah, it was cool when Major League Baseball Absolutely. did that when they had, like, you know, Cal Ripken got to play in one last yeah. All Star game, all that stuff. I think it's awesome when they do that because it is truly an exhibition. Yeah. And why not? I mean, why not honor a guy who's truly a legend, who's obviously a Hall of Famer? So. That is going to be a fun night. Obviously, the relationship between LeBron and Wade is is cool. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think, by the way, like we will see how the game plays out. But that's kind of a squad. Like Team LeBron is a, is a, a good yeah. team. I will we'll see how they stack up against Steph and Giannis and you know Embiid and all that stuff. But and I also feel like you know as the Pro Bowl ended, it was like, oh, the Pro Bowl's boring. Mm-hmm. But it's like I never thought of the All Star Game as being boring because I don't need them to necessarily play defense. Yeah, They right, did absolutely. play defense towards the end of the game when it was close yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah. And realistically, if you're watching a layup line or in, the, or in the game, what are you looking for? You want to see dunks and yeah. big threes and alley-oops yeah. and all that stuff. And, that, and that's what it is. It's an exhibition. It's fun. Yeah, it's entertaining. And as long as the players are having fun, I think that that's the cool part. Like yeah. As a fan of the NBA, if you're watching from anywhere in the world – and you just see all of your favorite players or all the stars of the game you love having fun and throwing oops and whatever, laughing back and forth. There's just a bunch of kind of funny moments that happen in an all-star game that are good for Twitter and all that stuff. So yeah, that stuff is all, all always fun. And I know that the quality of the game, people talk ad nauseum about it, but if you just take it for what it is and kind of just watch the best players in the world have fun playing a pickup game, which the draft has kind of added that, that influence back into it, I think, kind of like the pickup game. Like you're literally just standing on a on a playground and picking players, picking sides. Um, makes it a little more fun. I think this year will be fun as well. Seeing Kemba Walker start, by the way, yeah, I think that's going to awesome. be cool. Yeah, um, he's given a lot to that city, and mm-hmm. I know that they love him. And I think seeing him start, he obviously deserves it. He's had a heck of a season, and see, seeing him start is going to be fun too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. All-Star Weekend coming up after the Wizards take have one more game, one more game against the Toronto Raptors Wednesday night. Then it'll be off to Charlotte. Uh, We wish Bradley Beal the best. We'll obviously break it back down the next off the bench on the other side of the All-Star break when we all get a little time away and come back and get ready for the second half. WizKids, I hope you enjoyed it. For Chris Gehring and Ryan Dizdier, I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now. (laughs) 